<laughs> they went round to the pub to get takeaway lunch for us yesterday, mm-hmm. and I forgot that that was at the exact same time that my weekly shopping was due because it just slipped my mind. So <laughs> I went. The door knocked, and I went to open it. Realised that the boys had locked it on the way out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have another key because they'd taken it with them. Oh. So. Yeah, so the guy was like knocking on the door, going, "I can see you. Your shopping's here." So I had to, I had to poke my hand through my letterbox and go, uh, "My key doesn't work," as though, as though I'd got a key and I was even using it. My mm. key, I'm sorry, my key doesn't work. I'm gonna have to go round the back. So then I went to open the kitchen door into the garden, and there's just a ginormous fucking spider hanging in a web right in the middle oh. of the shitting door. So I was trying to like, like blow that so that it like would run away or run up or drop or so, just anything as like just not hanging because it was low enough that I wouldn't be able to like dive underneath without it resulting being in my hair. So I just like sort of blew on it for a bit and then I I gave up and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the worst thing I've ever said. Um, I ended up taking a bit of rubbish out of the bin and sort of throwing it through the door so that it would catch the web which took the spider with it so that I could get out of the house and by the by the time i'd done that and gone round the side of the house the guy was just like standing at his truck like clearly like on the phone to his head office like i don't know what to do she won't open the door and i'm like hi yes i'm here sorry at him so i had to like take all my bags back round through the back door checking everywhere for spiders it's a bit of a malarkey oh my god i got quite sweaty actually because i was so flustered it's like oh this felt like such a dickhead if I had bigger living room windows, I'd have just been like, can you just hand them through the window? <laughs> but I don't, sadly. Oh, well, anyway, should we do a podcast? Yeah, go on then. Hello, folks. Welcome to episode 111 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the aforementioned Stacey. And joining me in this slightly too warm parlour, sweating mildly in the background, is my good friend and parlour regular? I'd say regular. Regular, yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, is my brilliant friend Mike. Hi, Mike. Yo, what up, uh, dog? How? Yeah, it is warm, isn't it? I don't like it. It, it is, isn't it? It's just, it's it's not hot, but it's just uncomfortable. Oh, God, I'm so middle-aged. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? Like, everybody's been saying to me, oh, God, hasn't it got cold the past couple of days? I'm like, no. No. <laughs> just sitting here with a slight top lip sweat. Like, no. Exactly. You know what? Yesterday was community day. For yes. uh, Pokemon Go, and I went to Hyde Park, and I thought, oh, it's fine, it's lovely, sunny, lots of good-looking people with their tops off. It's great fun, and yeah, I got home, and I've got a proper farmer's tan now. So, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just like it's 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 worrying how red it is, but um, it's fine, it's fine, it's it's a it's a bit minty, and I could always do with a bit more D inside me. Sorry. Do you want to hear a ludicrous Stace update as I just gloss over what you just said? <laughs> sure. Please uh, do. I, I think I'm allergic to the sun. That's not a joke. Mm-hmm. That is not a joke. I think I've developed no. an allergy to sunlight because uh, I went out for a Pokemon stroll. Not to like toot my own horn, guys, but it was my birthday the other day, so I had some <gasps> days off work. I know. I'm so old. Um. <laughs> 
I went for the first day of my day off work uh, for birthday celebrations. I thought, I'm going to go for a nice little Pokemon stroll, get some vitamin D in me and, you know, have a nice lully day. And then I got back and I got this little, these little like pin pricky spots, like just all over the backs of my hands and my forearms, which were the mm. only bits of me. And like a little bit on my chin as mm. well. <laughs> and I was like, what's what's happened here uh, and then it cleared up in like a day mm. and then on saturday i went for another little stroll with rich around selly oak type areas and got home and again pin pricky rash all mm. over the bits of me that were exposed to the sun so i think i've become a really lame vampire <laughs> i was about to say vampire but i'm glad you added the really lame um <laughs> <laughs> No, you're an adorable vampire because you know you just be like, oh, she's so cute, and then you bite them, and then yeah, it's great. Um, if apparently, they've drunk Vimto, then it's even better. Yeah, apparently my niece Lexi has recently watched Hotel Transylvania, and now pretty much ends all of her sentences with Blair, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Oh, you know what? I didn't do my silly intro. Uh, do you know, I did wonder because I thought it was quite underwhelming if you did. <laughs> it was a bit underwhelming. I just had a middle-aged moment because I, I was talking to my friend Paul just before we were doing this and he said we should talk about that song WAP mm-hmm. and I feel like um, WAP's has like lost its meaning in the UK now because it's, it's what I would say to breasts because I always thought... That's a lovely pair of waps. And now I feel like that, that just sounds wrong because it, it's now wet-ass pussy. So can we still use the word waps for breasts? Or... I don't think I've ever heard the word waps for breasts. Okay. I've heard okay. baps, though. Baps. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's probably what I was thinking. I hope it was, because mm. it, but then it, it would also be quite disconcerting if you'd just been calling them waps and people have just let you. Like embarrassed. People yourself. do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have this I have really fun dyslexia. It's really fun. Um because I get words wrong all the time. Not just reading, just sort of saying them out of my mouth, and I'm convinced I'm saying the right thing and no one corrects me. And I'm just like, please correct me. <laughs> but it's just like I would sort of go on and on about this word and then just be like, you know, you're, you know it's potassium, not prostate. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Why were those the two words you just thought of? I don't know. It's just, oh, God. It's just been on my mind a lot. I'm very lonely, Stace. Oh, yeah. It's been a, it's, it's, it's been a while, hasn't it, lockdown? It's been, yeah. It's been a hot yeah. minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I just, yeah, I'm sort of, I've sort of, I've sort of like, I think I'm in the acceptance stage now. Because mm. yeah. <laughs> I think I have been through sort of almost all of the stages of grief. <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> angry at people and mm. then like, no, it'll be fine. Give it 10 minutes, it'll be fine. <laughs> Bit of denial. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. stressful though. Going back no. to the song though, do you know I haven't even heard it? <laughs> Is that really bad? I think that's really good. Um, um, it sounds terrible. People- a lot of people are saying it's very empowering to women, and I think that there are more empowering songs to look to. I mean, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I am a man and a gay, so I don't 
know how empowering it is to talk about your vagina and saying how it is helping you pay for university. Um, <laughs> I mean, fine. Sex work, fine. I know a few sex workers. It's fine. It's great. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's really anything to sort of look up to. And I don't think it's anything to look down to either. It mm. just is what it is. And yeah, it's a funny video. Um, there's a there's a random point where it's very quiet and a woman in leopard skin uh, like dress walks like sauntily down a corridor and she goes through a door and I'm just like who is that I don't know who is she what is she I mean she might be like the American Les Dennis for all I know I don't know but (laughs) what are you doing here you have nothing to do with the song yeah I uh I have like I have a weird... I don't want to listen to the song now because I've heard mm. so much discourse about it. I don't even care. Yeah. But <laughs> but it is one of those songs that, like, I think it's different strokes for different folks, isn't yeah. it, if you'll excuse the saucy language there. In the sense that, like, for some women, it is empowering to talk about, like, your vagina and be very open about your sexuality or like, all of this and own it and what have you, which is great. Yeah. But, like, personally, I just have really strong feelings against the word pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like it. I don't know. I've never liked it. Like, pathetic. No, it's just horrible. I do like your word for it, though. What's? The, oh no! What was my word for it? A uh, squidge muffin. Yes, yeah, squidge muffin. Yeah, there's I, there's quite a few. If you've ever yeah. listened to the song um, "Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo" by Oh no, I've forgotten the name of the band. Oh no! Oh. For some reason, I'm thinking bare naked ladies, but I know it is a hundred percent not them. Yeah. Bloodhound Gang, that's who it is. Gambi, that's where my mind was going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a big old song just filled with euphemisms, and they use a lot of really good ones like Squish Mitten um, and Ham Wallet. <laughs> Ham Wallet, wow, that is appealing. <laughs> or uh, Cranny Hatch, I think is one. Uh, or is it pud- Pudding Hatch, it might be? I don't remember. Anyway, it's it's gross. But um, <laughs> since we're talking about music, shall we start with our singy-songy section that doesn't have a name yet? Yes. Um, I, 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 I want to listen to you talk about music because I don't really know any new music. I mean, the newest music I know is the Jesse. Is it Jesse Ware? And you recommended Ooh. that good album that it's a good album yeah it's a good album so i feel like i'm a little behind on this and i'm i am willing to listen to your recommendation i'm talking to oh, you thanks yeah. <laughs> you are you are on a podcast that is the sort of the yeah. end game is to talk a lot um, True. just so True. That, just so that you're aware um well it doesn't have to be new music, by the way. You can just pick a song that you really fucking like if you want to keep that in the back of your head while I'm waffling. Um, I sort of accidentally just realised that I've picked a song by uh, a band featuring the same band I picked in the last episode, <laughs> uh, which I hadn't intended to do. But the band TWRP, also known as Tupperware Remix Party. Uh, I love that name. It's good, isn't it? It's really good. <laughs> um they have a new album coming out this Friday called Over the Top, and they are a Canadian sort of electronic rock synth pop funk rock synthy 80s funky soul awesome 
Daft Punk-esque kind of electro coolness. Um, <laughs> as complicated as that sounds, I know exactly what you mean. Excellent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people who've been listening to me waffle about music for a while might know them as the band that do the backing arrangements for the latest Ninja Sex Party album. And they're very, very like ludicrously talented people. One of their albums... Uh, it wasn't the last one, it was the one before, it's called Together Through Time, had an opening track whose bass line was so goddamn sexy, I'm pretty sure it just gets people pregnant. <laughs> um, it is such a tasty riff. But the song that I chose is called Need Each Other, and it's featuring Planet Booty, who I recommended uh, last week. Last week? Last month? Good Lord, I've lost all track of time. <laughs> I'm delirious. And it is a sort of funky electro jam. <laughs> let's call it that um and it's about like just not you know being dickheads in times of crisis yeah. <laughs> it's like how about we all need each other let's you know tell everyone that we t- tell everybody that you love them and do a little dance and have a little fun time and stop being a prick which is a pretty good message <laughs> <laughs> pretty good message for the moment um for this very yes yeah uh which is basically why i chose it because it's been I mentioned this last time, like I've been listening to a lot of more upbeat music because I just find that if I get into stuff that's too maudlin, I just slide right into a sad. <laughs> it's it's too much, Mike, it's too much. Okay. So, um, so yeah, TWRP featuring Planet Booty, need each other, give it a whirl. It doesn't have a proper music video yet, which is a bit sad, but you can just like look at the cover of the album on YouTube while it plays if you want. <laughs> I'll give that. I'll give that a whirl. Yay! Um, actually, I've got a good recommend. A good recommend. I've got a recommendation, which is good. Um, words are difficult. Um, they are, aren't they? <laughs> it's too but, warm for words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking about how you said you saw a film recently with um, Jesse. Um, it was on Netflix. Something about her not wanting to be here anymore is oh i'm thinking of ending things ending things yes yeah yeah and that got me thinking to the first film i saw with her which was called um wild rose um the film itself has a fantastic soundtrack and she is an incredible singer she's an irish actress who mm. plays a scottish woman in this film and it starts off with her getting out of prison shagging her boyfriend in the middle of a park and just going home to her kids and and it sort of follows her journey towards her wanting to become a country singer and even though she's from this Scottish background and it's her big dream to go to America go to Texas and sing country songs there and it's a film I absolutely adore and the music is so beautiful and powerful that it will sort of it will make you feel emotions in a really good way in that it will really sort of fill up it fills up my heart every time I listen to her sing it's just lovely and the song I would recommend from that is called Glasgow and it's in brackets uh, No Place Like Home which is like the final song in the film so maybe see the film first and then listen to the song (laughs) (laughs) because maybe I think maybe I like the song just because I just associate it with a really powerful moment in that film or maybe it's a really good song I don't know Um, but yeah it's just every time I listen to her music it really gets gets to me and sort of makes me feel very happy inside so yeah oh that's good yeah 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will eventually watch that film as well. But I. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's. Oh uh, God. My list of things that I need to watch is <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, however, that being said. What I have largely spent my few days off for my birthday watching was the first season of Cobra Kai, and I still am not 100% sure if I like it. Okay. okay. <laughs> have you watched it? I've, I've watched the first season of it. I do really like it. I like the the parallels that they do with the film, uh, the Cry Kid film, yeah. and how they sort of subvert the plot in that. And it's interesting where it's going, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, I like it and I don't like it at the same time. It's weird. It's, it's interesting the sort of the arc that the, the character is going through and yeah, how, how some characters I want to have a better arc and they seem to be getting worse. And it's like, no, I like you to be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem that I've had with it is that mm. I'm not a hundred percent sure who I'm supposed to be rooting for. Yeah. Because, they're very clearly, very obviously trying to make you sympathetic towards Johnny yeah. by, you know, revealing all these bits about his past with like his dad and his stepdad and his shitty family life and, you know, seeing the sort of uh, LaRusso situation through his eyes of how, like, yeah. yes, he was bullying him, but also LaRusso was a pretty massive bell end and all, which I've always thought anyway. Cause I've yeah. never liked the Karate Kid because he won with an illegal move and he's a bell. But. At the same time as trying to... So I thought, oh, the arc of this is going to be him setting up his own dojo and then he'll, like, go down the bad route of what, you know, his sensei has treated him like shit, but then he'll learn a lesson about not treating people like shit and he'll get better and it'll be lovely and I'll be like, oh, that's really nice. But Mm. at least in this season, because I've only watched the first season, like, it feels like, yeah, they're trying to make you sympathetic towards him, but he hasn't learnt anything really as yet. Like, there was... You know, he's still, he's very misogynist and he seems kind of racist and kind of yeah. homophobic and he's a very angry man and he treats his students like shit and he's teaching them to be bullies. Yeah. And he's just a horrible, horrible teacher. So, like, I can't feasibly get behind him. And some of his students, like you say, I started off liking them and now they've actively become bellends and I'm like, oh, like, I don't know how I feel about that. But on the other side of the coin, you know... Daniel is being portrayed as... They're obviously trying to portray him as the villain. Like, you know, he's smarmy, he's cocky, he's, like, got the perfect wife and the perfect house and the perfect job, and he's rolling around in, you know, baths of money. Yeah. So you're obviously supposed to dislike him because he's in this beef with Johnny. But then it's also, like, well, he's taken the arsehole kid and turned him into less of an arsehole, and he's (laughs) teaching him about, like, balance and, like, control and, like, how to like meditate and like be in touch with your own emotions and i'm like that's that's good shit though yeah (laughs) so i I genuinely don't know i got to the end of the series and i was like you know when they actually get to that all valley tournament and i was like i don't know who i want to win Mm. because daniel will be an unbearable asshole if his kid wins but johnny doesn't deserve to have a kid with (laughs) like he's a dickhead giant dickhead so I just don't I don't know but like I say I haven't seen past the end of series one so I don't know if they start moving more towards a redemption kind of thing for Johnny or not I don't know I got the impression from the last episode that he was starting to see he was starting to see beyond his bullshit Mm. Um, especially I don't want to spoil it too much for people but he was just sort of saying to his student you know don't be too rough just play fair and 
I think his student was saying, no, you've got to fight fast, fight, whatever it is. And he was starting to see how toxic his teachings were. Mm. Um, I, I think... I think that arc is going to be an interesting thing to see unfold because it looks mm-hmm. like they're going to take their time with it. And it's, it, it's given me the sort of same feeling that Breaking Bad did in the sense that they're arseholes and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, arseholes get what they deserve. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm quite excited to see what's going to happen next in it. And I think the writing is really good in it as well. Um, and it's, I just find it incredibly satisfying to watch. And I find the uncertainty quite satisfying as well, because it's not yeah. quite as formulaic. But yeah, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what happens next, mm-hmm. um, even if I am a bit unsure about season one. Yeah. I think what I, what I really like about it is it's a very easy watch. Like, mm. I, I think I watched the whole, the whole first series, which is like, what, 10 episodes? in two days, in like two, five episodes it ends, and it didn't feel like I was sat there for five episodes each time. And uh-huh. I was just like, oh, next episode, next episode. I was also cross-stitching at the same time, but that's... Ah. <laughs> I love your cross-stitching at the moment, by the way. I love Thank it. You. It's Those turtles look amazing. It's so difficult. It's <laughs> taking so long. <laughs> <laughs> it looks uh, bloody hell. Yeah, it's, oh. quite, it's quite big. It's bigger than the pictures imply. I'll have to take, like, a for-scale photo of it against, like, I don't know, a banana or something. Mm. That's what people do, isn't it? They're like, look at this <laughs> banana. Like, those can't be of varying sizes and go, mm. look at it compared to this other thing. Or a um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving, I'm loving doing the cross-stitch at the moment, but it is, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where, after a while, the cross-stitch uh, material boggles my eyes. <laughs> I have to do that right. I should probably stop now, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm just, I just want to get to Donny. He's the best one, yeah. and I just want to stitch him. He's good, anyway. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what it's going to look like. But I, I've just been, I've been watching it over social network and things, and I've just sort of seen the progress. And I was just like, I can't throw enough likes on this. It's so much work <laughs> that's gone into it, and I love it. I love it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I still need to send you the little Pokemon cross stitch. What I did, didn't I? Oh, did you do the Pokemon? Which... I did, yeah. It was Kangaskhan. Kangas, is that how you pronounce it? I think so, yeah. I don't know. I, I only know Pokemon from Pokemon Go, so I've never heard them said out loud, <laughs> except like the, the handful that were in Detective Pikachu. <laughs> but listen, Stace, I've been with Pokemon for about 20-odd years now. I still don't know how to pronounce some of them, so <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to do once I've finished this cross stitch because this one is big enough that we're actually going to like frame it and put it somewhere. But then yeah. I'm like, what am I going to do with all the things I keep cross stitching? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. I've, I've waffled a lot. Do you want to talk about stuff you've watched or read or done? Yeah, sure. Have you been to the cinema yet? No, I'm too scared. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, have you, so I take it you've not seen Tenant? No, I haven't yet. But you That's- can talk about it because i've got a broad sort of idea of what it's about Mm. have you ever watched that red dwarf episode called backwards no okay basically in red dwarf the team go into a wormhole and they land on earth but time is running backwards so you see a woman who is holding a nearly empty eclair and she bites into it and a bit of eclair appears on it right bites into it again another bit of eclair and then she bites into it and then the whole eclair is there she puts it down and the waitress takes it away so yeah 
it's it's kind of gross. <laughs> Tenant is like a worse version of that. I found. I'm really sorry to people who love it out there because it's going to be quite polarizing. But honestly, see backwards from Red Wolf because it's so much better. Um, in in the film, there is the end part has a war. And there really is no reason to have a war in this film. It makes no sense. The film would have gone on perfectly fine without it. Um, a lot of it is just a lot of people over explaining how things work in a backwards time. And I think you just need like a small explanation. You don't need to have a lot of the film as exposition. Uh, it's, it's very exposition-y. Some of the characters exist just to tell you what's going on. It thinks it's a lot cleverer than it is. Mm. I It was three hours, and it felt like three hours. <laughs> I did, yeah. I went to the toilet at one point and came back, and there was like action going on. And the action's very good in it. Mm-hmm. But there are some films that I say it's worth seeing in the cinema for the spectacle. Yeah. Tenant is not that for me. So, yeah. But the, the, the actors in it are very pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, very attractive. Quite a lot of pretty people in that film. Mm. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about Tenet. I, mm. <laughs> I uh, like at the start of this year, you know, before everything shut down, and you yeah. know, we thought there were going to be movies up the yin yang. Yeah. It was one of the like top five ones I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think I, you should see it. I totally yeah. think you should see it, but yeah, um, it's three hours. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know if the the delay and the fact that like I, I don't really want to go to the cinema and blah blah blah. I don't know whether that's sort of just put me off the film in general. But there are still other mm. things I'm looking forward to. Like even though it's been delayed again, I'm really still looking forward to Wonder Woman eighty four. Oh, um, me too. But with Tenet, I don't know if my my brain has just been so oversaturated with like sort of heavy thinky stuff. Yeah. That maybe I'm just not in the mindset of because every time I watch a Nolan movie mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on my guard about whether or not I'm being stupid because <laughs> no I get what you mean like and I don't I don't think that's any fault of his like he no. as a director and you know the input he has with the writing and stuff like I'm sure he doesn't intend to make people feel like divs but I am so like it's so easy for me to miss one detail that makes a film make perfect sense and just be utterly bamboozled by the whole thing. So I feel like it's like I have to make a lot of effort when I'm watching a movie that I know is potentially going to be twisty or confusing or so i think that's why i was so surprised that i didn't find inception that confusing because Mm -hmm. everybody who'd seen it before me was like do not understand i haven't got a fucking clue what's happened here so i was like oh so i went into it really like right 10 pairs of glasses on let's watch this thing uh (laughs) and thought it was really easy to follow yeah but I don't know whether it's that, whether it's the level of sort of engagement I have to have with that film that's putting me off at the moment because I haven't really got that mental energy yeah. for it. I think wait until the DVD. Oh, well, I definitely will eventually yeah. see it. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be... Definitely won't be at the cinema because I'm just... There's nothing at the moment at, at the cinema that would encourage me to go to one. <laughs> I've, you know what? Since I've been going back out there... Uh, there has been one film that I've seen, which I absolutely loved, and I've seen Bill and Ted, and that was okay. Um, 
I forgot about it. You've just reminded me it existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you can you can wait for that. <laughs> it's, um, but there was one film which I absolutely adored, and it's something that I wouldn't recommend if you're feeling emotionally vulnerable. It's called Baby Tooth, and it's about a girl who falls in love with this right rotter. He's um, he's okay. a he's everything about him just seems wrong. He seems unreliable. Um, he's got tattoos all over the place. You know, she's in school. He's like two years older than her and uh, she's got cancer and it's it's sort of following her story her love affair with this guy and how being with each other they sort of grow together and yeah it gets really really sad and you get really invested in the end and I just thought it was so beautifully written and it's one of those films that you should say for when you want to have a really good cry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I love that film and it's the one film that I feel glad that I watched it in the cinema, um, especially since my local cinemas are so dead. So I was pretty much me and like three other people were in the cinema. So I felt pretty safe there. Yeah. See, that's the the big reason why I don't feel particularly safe is that Mm. we don't really have a local cinema. So we would have to go into the city centre. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that's, there's going to be more chance of there being like a lot of people and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'll give that one a miss for now, if I'm honest. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, I just wanted to recommend it just in case someone else ticks their box. But yeah, yeah, it is, it's very emotional. <laughs> well, I've got to admit, like, I've just waffled on about how I was like, oh, I don't know if I've got the emotional brain power right now for blah, blah, blah. But literally I watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things and it's become, like, my new favourite film. And that couldn't <laughs> be more, like, Ugh, if it tried. Have you have you seen it? <laughs> I yes. haven't yet. No, not yet. I okay. really want to because I love Jessie Buckley. Okay. I think she's an incredible well, actress. This is my first experience of her, which mm. I find quite shocking. Because, like, when I watched it, being the dickhead that I am, I didn't assume, oh, this is somebody I've just never seen any of her other films. I just assumed, oh, this must be her first movie. Because yeah. why else wouldn't people put her in things? Because she's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is, good lord, amazing. Yeah. I, d- I, I won't say too much about the film, then, if you haven't seen it and you want to, because I wouldn't want to spoil it. But I just... If like, you want to give is... a tease, if you want to give a little tease, then I don't mind that. The, the teasiest thing I could say without sort of ruining it is mm. that... This may have become my new favourite film ever, um, okay. which for those of you keeping score previously was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, also mm-hmm. by Charlie Kaufman. Oh, so it's the same person who did this film? <laughs> the director, yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. So, oh, what to say without spoiling it? I don't think there is anything I can say except to say <laughs> that it's like it's haunting and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's a bit uneasy and a bit distressing, but it's also like... Yeah, I'll, I'll save this for when you've seen it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> there's, there's stuff about this film that would be a huge spoiler for me to, to say. I think the fact that you're so reluctant to say anything shows how much you love it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to ruin the first experience of it for anybody because, let's put it this way, I am a person who, I'm not like one of these dickheads that spends like the whole way through a movie when I'm watching it at home on my phone. Mm-hmm. But if a movie is just like a popcorn flick or something that I'm not like a thousand percent invested in, I might 
you know, do a quick Pokemon Go or have a quick look at Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I don't think I picked up my phone once during this, except maybe to check the time, I think, at one point, because I don't own a watch. <laughs> because I was just sort of mesmerised. There's, like, little visual cues that I'm going to have to watch it again because I'm sure there's stuff that I missed. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> Definitely don't want to say anything more. Maybe I'll come back to it in the next episode. Um, yeah. If yeah. uh, if my guest has watched it, depending on who it is next month, um, but yeah, I thought it was absolutely f- like phenomenal stuff. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely give that a go. Definitely. What else has there been? Um, Bill and Ted. It was good. Was it? Oh, I don't think I liked it. <laughs> no. Okay. I, th- uh... I, I didn't really have any high expectations from it, and it it just seemed like a bit of a reunion which I kind of expected, and yeah. I thought it was okay. I I think I would have had less problems with it if a couple of things had been tweaked. Like, it mm-hmm. really bothered me that they had, and I'm going to forget her name now, and this is really annoying, one of the women who played either Bill or Ted's wife, mm-hmm. um, who's a really fucking hilarious comedian. Why can I not remember her goddamn name? That's so annoying. Um, But there was her and there was Kristen Schaal in it and there was Gillian Bell who played like a psychologist. Mm -hmm. All incredibly funny women in possibly the least funny roles they could have been in. Just so vastly underused. Just a total waste of their amazing talents. That really annoyed me. Mm. And I I didn't quite get Bill and Ted's kids either. Like, yeah, Samara Weaving could have been literally anybody because she was she she had the personality of a leaf of lettuce, and I don't think that was her fault. I think that no. was just the writing. And the yeah. other one was just like, what if I did an impression of Keanu Reeves in Bill and Ted for an I entire just, movie? She really <laughs> tried though. She really tried to do something with the role, and I love that. But you know, that's what. There. It, there wasn't anything there for them to do anything. Yeah. And you, you, you're absolutely right. There were some incredible actresses in it. And just, uh, I just wish they were in something a bit more meaty. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, this is one of the few movies, because I'll be honest, and I'm probably going to get internet lynched for this. I don't think Keanu Reeves is a good actor. The only movie that I've seen him in that I've really liked is like the John Wick trilogy. Mm. In everything else, I think he's like, you could replace him with a wooden spoon and probably get more emotional depth. So I thought (laughs) Bill and Ted would be right up my alley because this isn't a movie where I'm expecting, you know, Shakespearean play levels of, you know, like emotions and drama. Like this Mm. will be a laugh. And I actually just got really annoyed all the way through because it's just such a nothingy, like it's just the bogus journey all over again. Like it's the yeah. same film with a handful of different people. And then the ending was so twee. And I, I genuinely thought I'd watched the wrong film at one point because there were mm. people online saying like the ending made me cry. It was so touching and wonderful and unifying. And I was like, the song was really shit though and it didn't really make a whole <laughs> lot of sense. Like, no. Mm-hmm. I just said, maybe I was in a grump. Maybe, no, stop trying to stay. Stop trying to defend your own emotions. You didn't like the film. Yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like it. <laughs> it's enough. not for you, Stace. Sorry, you started talking about that and then I just went off on one. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah, it's conversation, so that's fine. But, um, yeah, no, I I thought it was okay. It, it was something that I watched and as soon as it ended, I thought I could easily forget everything that happened in this film. <laughs> Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. 
And like you said, I was going to raise exactly the same points. The female actresses that were in there, just so incredible. And uh, Keanu Reeves' daughter, I can't remember who played her, she did so much. She tried so hard to give her character some personality. And you could tell that she put in the work as well. She watched the previous films and she did so much to be like Keanu's character. But uh, yeah, yeah, Mm. it was, yeah. It was, it, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a shame, really. Yeah. Have you, um, have you watched The Babysitter and the new one? No. What's that? <laughs> the look on your face then was like, what, what kind of film is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me, tell me. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, it's like a sort of, um, a satanic cult type slasher movie, but it's, um, it's by McGee. Uh, the original oh. one is, and it's very sort of like over the top, ludicrous. Samara Weaving's in it. That's why I went there from. I think I Billy have seen Ted. it. Okay, but it's a bit, it's a bit daft, and it's very tongue in cheek, and it was like an enjoyable, like a solid three star movie. I think the first mm. one. Well, the second one came out last week, maybe the week before, and uh, oh, I didn't like that either. It's not been a good month for sequels. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was one of those ones where I feel like the budget must have been lowered quite dramatically because the effects were shoddy at best. Mm. And when you're a movie that prides itself on like ludicrous gore, you can't have shit CGI blood special effects. Like, come yeah. on. It was essentially the same plot all over again, except Samara Weaving wasn't there till mm. the very end. And then it was pretty clear that she wasn't actually on the same set as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think they paid her for, like, ten minutes, like, just do all of this now, and then they'll <laughs> we'll, we'll put you in later. But, um, it's, it's, like, a really bizarre movie. It's still very tongue-in-cheek, but it's just, like, why would we need a second one of these without her? Because she was the really good thing about the first one. She's so hit and miss. Like, yeah, I, she's been in some crap, but some I, really good stuff, too. She's kind of fallen under my radar, so I've probably seen her in a few things, but I wouldn't be able to name them off the top of my head. Mm. So. I think it was her that was in, I want to say it's called Ready or Not, but I can't quite remember. Oh, I love that film. Is that the one where she marries into a family that are like, right, we're going to try and kill the bride on the wedding? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's I the love one. that. I just, it was a comedy. It was, it was like the sort of terrifying, oh God, they're chasing me film but it was funny from beginning to end mm-hmm. and usually with those sort of horror comedies it kind of peters out at the end but yeah. i love the ending of that film it just made me piss myself laughing yeah it is a, it is a good film i would recommend yeah. that yeah i did watch the social dilemma the other day have you seen, have you seen i've that? seen that on netflix i it's been popping up all over the place but i haven't given it a go yet no. it is such a bizarre film because it is Half documentary about basically about it's for people who work in different social media companies talking about the practices uh, behind everything that have caused social media to now be a bit of a sort of nightmare time. Yeah. That's uh, like you know how like algorithms are sort of building radical people on various sides through the way that they show you content and like all this stuff. And that's quite interesting. I mean, a lot of it I knew already, but it's still quite interesting to hear it from people within the industry, but it runs alongside a dramatization of a kid who is a bit addicted to his phone. And then he sort of gets radicalized and ends up getting like arrested for being at this like scary rally thing. 
But I could have done absolutely without that dramatisation because for a start yeah. it comes across as so lame because it's just like the mum and the older sister going, you're all on your phones too much. You've got to stop. Then, you know, phones are bad and okay kind of thing, <laughs> uh, which is just like, ugh. Because, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like phones are bad. I, I get it, but still. And then also that it cuts to, like, they have a dramatisation of within the phone. So it's like three dudes who are, like, figuring out, right, he's liked this and he's liked that and he's shared this. So what if we put this advert in front of him? And it's so lame. It, like, it thinks it's the Matrix, but it's so fucking lame. (laughs) It's like, guys, come on, this is silly. Uh, so it kind of, I think it undermined the whole message. And I also thought it was really ironic that there was just blokes who, like, I don't know, and women as well, like, who'd worked at, like, um, I don't know, like, Google and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and all this sort of stuff, doing all these, like, talking heads about how, like, yeah, you know, this is how much data we can get and this is how we can use it to do X, Y, and Z. And that's why, you know, even if you live in the same household, you might not be getting the same adverts on Facebook because you've done this, but you've done that. And, like, it's interesting stuff, but they're going on about like the the perils of data collection and algorithms on a on a streaming service. Like, mm. do you not even see the irony of this yourselves? Uh, <laughs> like, it's it's such a weird film. I don't know who it's for. Mm. Um, I think it will probably scare a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're scared enough. We don't need more. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> but it it sounded really interesting until like you said the dramatization mm. and it just feels like we're just going to explain it to you in terms that you'll understand. Yeah. Um that's the impression I got from what you said about the dramatization. It's, yeah, no that's absolutely what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it just yeah, we can probably we can probably put the pieces together. Just trust us to be intelligent, yeah. you know, just to sort of understand these things. Because these, it's interesting. It's interesting because it's such a sort of a fast-moving thing, social mm. network with TikTok and all the other new bits and bobs. And, you know, the potential of TikTok being banned in the USA and, you know, God knows what else is going to happen. You know, it just moves so quickly and, like, mm. the whole structure of it, I just find fascinating because it's, so much of it is kept secret as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I would definitely recommend giving it a watch from that point of view because I actually found it really interesting that they even managed to get people willing to talk about it so openly in a film. Yeah. About Because, like, you know, I've got a sort of, especially working in a charity where I have to do a lot of analysis sort of around, like, what posts are going to get, get people to do whatever it is we're asking them to do so you know like if we want somebody to sign up to an event what's the best way i can write a post and when can i post it that's going to make people want to do that thing or to donate money or to sign this petition or whatever so i've got like a sort of a small understanding of how it works anyway but there was a lot of like really interesting stuff to me like i didn't realize that there are certain websites where you can even see things like how long a person has spent on a page and like like that seems insane to me so it's like what use could that be but i suppose if you know that somebody's looked at i don't know one particular page for 10 seconds but a different page about similar stuff for three and a half minutes you've got a fairly good idea of what type of content they prefer and i'm just like wow that's really it feels really pavlovian like they're just like right what can we do that's going to elicit this like give me more of this thing response Mm. it's it's it's, yeah it is a bit scary actually (laughs) um (laughs) But I think the thing is, is I've always sort of been aware that it's happening to me anyway. So it's kind of like, it's scary, but in a sort of, well, 
it happens. <laughs> God, well, that's the thing you can't uh, you, you can't live every day being super aware of this stuff. Yeah. Because yay paranoia, that's a fun thing. Um, <laughs> oh, believe me, I oh, know. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. It's just I don't know. There's a part of me that just says collect the data, you know, whatever. I'll just I don't care. But then there's another part of me that's just like. Should I put security things on? I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's 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 too complicated, yeah. and also easy. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It is interesting though that there was a lot of the people that were on it that I suppose when they got in on the ground floor type thing were quite naive about what they were doing. So they were like, you know, we set up these algorithms not because we wanted to radicalise people into, you know, far left or far right or whatever. You know, extreme sector is a thing that's apparently a thing in America. I don't quite understand how you can be extremely in the middle of something, but there you go. (laughs) But like they said, you know, obviously we we were thinking of it from the point of view of like, oh, yeah, we're going to help people come together and find the information that they want and, you know. Yeah. You do forget about some of the good stuff that social media has done as well, like reuniting lost family members and getting people kidneys when they need them. And like, you know, it's, it's quite yeah. amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, like you say, the, the amazing things like trans issues, so little was known about it before social network. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've had gay marriage now, which I think is also a huge part of social networks as well. Just people being more open and information being more available you know, Absolutely. That, you know, when it's doing work for good, it's good. Just don't be evil. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's quite hard for some people, though, isn't it? That it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not name any names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was going to recommend Infinity Train again, but I think you're probably sick of me talking about that now. No, I mean, I mean, <laughs> you can recommend it to my lovely listeners because they oh, haven't yeah. heard you talk about it before. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I, I talked about it last time I was on the show. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, they've released the third series. And it's it's one of those rare things which I think it started off brilliantly and it's gotten better. Each Each series or each book, as they call it, it's all based on this infinity train where each cart has its own theme. So one cart could be like a village filled with corgis. Um, another cart could be just full of mirrors and another could be a ball pit. Um, and, you know, there could be entire worlds in one of the carts and they've just, be- they've just been so creative with it, with coming up with stories for each season of this show. And it's a animation. And this latest one talks about the people, the kids, that went into this car and decided never to leave the train. Um, you get a glow in the dark number on the back on your hand, and it either goes up or goes down depending on the actions you do in your life. And all of these kids have got numbers that go all the way up their arm, so they never want to leave the train. And it it kind of occurs to them during this season how they don't exactly know how these numbers work and. When they encounter a kid in the train, like a new kid that they want to recruit, they discover that maybe they're doing things wrong. And it's 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 a moral story, but it's not preachy. It does things in a very organic way, and it does things in a way that makes people naturally come up with the right answer. Yeah, it's 
it's a really, really good animation, and it's something that I would recommend to anyone. Infinity Train. Yeah. And I'll stop going on about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you all. Um, Again, I will eventually watch that. There's a, if I, if I do take next week off work, there's a strong chance that'll end up in my eyes at some point next week. Have you been watching Lovecraft Country by any chance? I haven't, no. Um, I've heard good things about it, but I've also heard that people were a bit iffy about Lovecraft just because of the whole racism thing. Yeah, so... It resolves some of that? Uh, I, I don't know if I would say resolves it. I think I think there's, uh, there's a very strategic reason why they centre this around two black people. <laughs> and I think yeah. it's because they wanted to say, like, look, we get he was massively racist, but... Mm-hmm. He did have some good stories, and we can take them and mould them for a more progressive sort of audience. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about that, though, is they've set it in a time that is incredibly racist because it's sort of set, I think it's supposed to be sort of like late 50s maybe-ish. Yeah. And so, okay, I'll get my negative about ab- it ab- out the way first because I think that's probably sure. better. Is Like, I get why they've done it in terms of the story that they want to tell, and I, I get why there is a lot of, you know, racist related stuff in it but i just really wish that i could see a show that was like this well written i felt the same about watchmen last year that was this well written that had this diverse a cast but that didn't focus on the racism of it all Mm. um and i feel like you know maybe my opinion on that is moot because i'm white and you know what do i know but from my own personal perspective it's not a case of like i'm sick of hearing about racist stuff because good lord it's important and people need to know about it and it is a massive thing that people who are not white have to deal with but similarly, I don't think it should be the only kind of story they get to have. Yeah. Like, yes, tell these stories. And, like, so I suppose it's not even really a negative about this show. It's just that I wish that there was a show. Because, like, the two leads, um, Journey Smollett and Jonathan Majors, are fucking phenomenal actors. They are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely bossing it around this series completely. Yeah. Uh, and I just think, like, why don't they get the opportunity to tell stories that aren't centred around like white people burning crosses in their yard, which is a thing that happens in this or white people chasing them around in a truck with guns, like, which is also a thing that happens in this. Like I can fully understand why people, why black people might not want to watch this because there is a lot in it. That's very much that. Um, And I just, I just wish we could have some shows that were, like I say, this well-written, this well-acted, brilliant mm. actors, but that weren't about that particular element of it. But sort of taking those bits sort of out of it, the show itself has been great. What I quite like about it is that there's almost, even though it's there's following a through line and it's the same characters, it almost has like a sort of anthology feel to it. So yeah. there's been like an episode that's been like straight out and out supernatural horror. There's been one that is very firmly a sort of like haunted house tale. There's been one that's like a pulp adventure in the catacombs under a museum kind of type feel. So like even though every episode is following this family and their story, there's been a lot of different sort of takes on it and they've got to really stretch their acting chops. Um, And there's been some really interesting takes like writing wise that uh, that's what I've been really enjoying about it because it feels like an anthology without it being sort of separate stories. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I often struggle with anthologies because I feel like you don't get your teeth into the story enough before it's on to the next story. Whereas this is like, it's kind of like how I saw The Mandalorian. Like, I loved the first season of that because there was an episode that was like a Western. There was one that was like a heist. There was one that was a straight-up sci-fi 
romp. You know, there was like action adventure. There was even like a sort of war movie almost kind of like, you know, it felt cohesive and yet each episode was fresh and different. Um, And that's the impression that I'm getting from this. I've only seen the first four episodes so far, but all four of them have had all of my attention. Um, They've just been really, really good. The, um, the effects are okay. There is like, <laughs> like I'm a bit of a sticker for effects. I'm firmly of the belief that more people should do practical effects because they clearly can't afford to do good CGI. But I do think in this there's a good, there's, this is fairly good effects, and there is a bit of a mix of the practical and the CGI as well, which yeah. uh, which I think keeps it a bit a bit fresher as well. But it's as good as I think you can expect for a TV show to have. Yeah, yeah, I've been absolutely loving it. I'm not the world's biggest fan of Lovecraft. I tried to read some of his stories when I was younger, when I was going through my sort of like, oh, yes, I'm a tiny goth phase. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I just couldn't get into it. I find his, I find his writing quite impenetrable. Yeah. Like, it's just, ugh. So that's why I quite like to bet this, because I like the idea of his stories. I just don't like his writing style. Yeah. Um, no, I get that. Kind of like Lord of the Rings. I like the idea of Lord of the Rings. It sounds phenomenal, but, yeah. you know. Good Lord, Tolkien, you're boring, mate. <laughs> oh, you're so boring. Oh, God. I know exactly, yeah. Tom Bombadil can fuck right off. Like, what is the point? <laughs> what is the actual point? Oh, there was, like, I remember that. There was distinctly, because I, I remember this, because I text Richard to tell him that he was an arsehole for making me read these books. There was <laughs> there was a paragraph, an entire paragraph, just dedicated to one tree, just a description <laughs> of one tree, and it was, like, nearly a page-long paragraph. I was like, what are you smoking that you think we need to know this much about one goddamn tree <laughs> really mad about it yeah but anyway lovecraft country i've been enjoying that a lot see that i think i get what you're trying to say about the race thing and how a lot of media just depicts the racism part and i think it's important that it does but i also think it's important that black actors and actresses are cast in regular things they can be like a protagonist in friends for example or you know just just be a character be a person in a thing and it doesn't have to be you know because they are black or because they are whatever it's they are there because they are the character and it's one of the reasons why i know you're not a big fan but i loved red dwarf when i was growing up It was only after I'd been watching it for about 10 or so years where I watched uh, the actors talking about the show and the guy who played Cat, Danny John Jules, was saying he only wanted to play as an alternative version of himself where he was a tramp once and he didn't want to portray that character again because so many black people are betrayed as being lower class and Mm. being poor. And it was at that moment that I realised, oh, hang on a second, these characters are all different coloured. You know, Cat is black and Lister is dark skin. He's, you know, he might be a bit of a mix, but, you know, he is dark skin and there are a lot of dark skin characters in it. And it never occurred to me because they were playing characters. They weren't playing the avatar for all black people everywhere. Yeah. Which... Is which I can imagine can be quite exhausting for actors, especially with the whole news of Chadwick Bosman passing mm-hmm. away. You know, he has just become such an icon for playing Black Panther, and you it feels like if you're now 
if you want to be a black actor, you have to be a paragon. You can't just be a character. You can't just be an arsehole character in the show. You can't just be Ross from Friends or, you know, you can't be anything. You just have to be the, the, the one that people look up to. And that's, I don't think that's the way forward. I think those stories are important to tell, but it's also important to show people as people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like this is a sort of similar thing to what I was discussing when the first Wonder Woman movie came out. Yeah. In that there was a lot of pressure on that movie to be good because it was uh, a female-led and female-directed superhero movie. Yeah. And, you know, why is it that the male-led movies never had that sort of pressure. You know, mm. if the first Mission Impossible hadn't been that good, it's not like they'd, they'd stop doing those types of action movies with those types of leading men yeah. based on that one performance. Yeah. But if Wonder Woman had have flopped, you know, it would have been a case of like, oh, well, we did tell you that, you know, nobody wants to see a woman up front and all behind the camera. Like, ugh, who cares? Um, and it's that sort of thing. It's I wish we could get to a point where minorities of all sorts of, you know, descriptions or you know what have you could be in a position where they don't have to be like always always on point because otherwise it's going to be a cat like because that's another thing is that um you know when i was first when i did the first um parlor live show for charity Mm -hmm. uh, i was really conscious that i wanted there to be a lot of women involved Uh, partly because i'd be possibly a bit more comfortable talking to them anyway but also because i really want to amplify the voices of other women the number of responses that i got to people from people that said basically i don't want to go on a podcast uh because i don't want my opinion i don't want to be a woman on the internet who has an opinion or a thought on a thing because it's just too stressful and it's just too much (sighs) And, you know, that's the thing that bothers me is that, like, if you are a woman or if you are black or if you are gay or, like, what have you, yeah. or any combination of those things, in, like, probably makes it a thousand times worse as well, yeah. is that you suddenly have to be, like, you're not allowed to swear because heaven forfend you're not a proper role model or, you know, you can never do anything <laughs> wrong because heaven forfend that you would, you know, yeah. because... The, the like the whole of womankind or you know the yeah. the whole of like non-white kind is just like weight you know weighing <laughs> down on your shoulders like it shouldn't yeah. be it shouldn't be like that and i think that's what no. rolls me up a bit about this because like i say i mean and i said a similar thing when black panther came out is that people act like because i've seen the argument so many times oh well you know if they i'm sure casting directors don't go out and say all of these roles have to be white but they just pick whoever's best for the role Mm. no they don't absolutely no they don't because that because black panther proved that there is a fucking plethora of amazing black talent out there yeah and you know uh films like um i've forgotten the name of it but the one that's copperfield yes yeah um you know there's just so many like there's like Asian actors that aren't getting a chance to do stuff who are fucking phenomenal. And like, yeah. that's what riles me up is this perception that black people can only be cast in black roles and tell black stories. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean that those stories are important and yes, they should be casting those and do those things. But like, yeah, mm. like you say, why can't we also have, yeah, like a sitcom that's all Where black. a person is a person. Yeah, exactly. They don't have to be the, the paragon of everything that is their race. I mean, you know, I'm gay, I'm Greek, and I don't feel any pressure whatsoever to be the paragon of gay Greeks. So, <laughs> you know, and and I find that very freeing, especially when writing as well. Um, especially growing up where I did, it's I am 
I imagine just because a lot of these writers are American and they probably grew up in certain areas where there are quite a lot of white people. Mm-hmm. I grew up in an area where there was a lot of mix of different people. So there was a lot of Greek people, Turkish, Kurdish, um, Somali, uh, Congo, you know, all sorts of different places. So I found it really normal to see different people of different types in a show and it's why I didn't bat an eyelid when I watched Red Wolf growing up because it was such a mix and it was only when I sort of grew up and I saw the world a bit more that there are a lot of white people that just that sort of see it as so unusual Mm. and I feel I feel very strange when I am around a lot of white people because it, it you know there's a certain sort of expectation there and oh I'm rambling sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we we got I, I I think I set that off but we got a bit deep <laughs> yeah we did a bit yeah look sorry. all I'm saying is that Lovecraft <laughs> Country is really really good but can you just throw me some more diverse tv shows in general please <laughs> universe that's all yeah. I'm asking for and like diversity across the board I'm not saying like just you know like, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you know I mean like uh, representation for me was one of those things that I always took a bit for granted because I was like, so what if there's no gay people in this show or there's no black people in this show or there's no Asian, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was only when I saw series three of BoJack Horseman and Todd Chavez came out as asexual and I was like, ah, why am I crying? <laughs> What's happening? And I suddenly felt like ludicrously seen and I was like, oh, that, that's why. <laughs> like, this shit is important. Like, yeah. Wow, like I have this like tertiary understanding that like yeah, it'd be nice if there were more like women superheroes or whatever. But it was literally that episode of uh, of BoJack Horseman where he says, "I, oh, you know, somebody asks him if he's gay, and he says, oh, I think I might be nothing.'" And I was just like, "Why am I crying? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, what?" <laughs> um, there's just something so like sort of freeing about seeing a, an experience similar to yours on tv or in a film or what have you that i just i don't understand why we aren't offering that to more people yeah like why are we so shit at this come on (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i don't know i i feel like there was an opportunity for that on youtube just because it's a platform that anyone can create anything on Mm. but the comment sections yeah i think this is one of the things about social media in general um that i just <laughs> just comment sections, just never read the comments. Like And you can't just... help but read them. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I mean like I did um there were two instances for me where I shouldn't have read the comments. Like the first was um a couple of years ago I was on an episode of BBC Horizons talking about obesity. And I was quite annoyed with the way the show ended up because I did like this fucking two hour interview where I talked about uh societal pressures and beauty standards and um harassment and bullying not just you know when you didn't expect it as well because I assumed once I left college that people wouldn't bully me anymore because we're all (laughs) grown-ups oh Stace (laughs) you sweet summer child (laughs) um you did this massive interview like all about that and they only kept in like three short clips of me and one of them was me basically saying that if anybody gets between me and a bag of cool original Doritos they're probably going to (laughs) die The, the comment section like why did i go to the website to see what people were thinking about this episode because if it wasn't people uh you know sweetly offering health advice as though fat people don't already know about a lot of that stuff yeah. uh it was people just wishing everyone dead 
Like, yeah. no, you're a drain on society and you're a fat fucking mess. Like, get out of, just kill yourself. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. And the second time was when I did an article for the BBC about asexuality. And there was a lot of sort of uh, corrective rape style comments on that one. Oh, God, yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, and I just, I just, I don't understand. Like, how much hate must you have in your heart to seek out a total stranger and wish them that sort of level of nightmare? Well, that's because the thing. you it's... don't agree with their sexuality or complete lack thereof in my yeah. <laughs> case. I think, I think a part of it, I think Game Grumps even talks about this at one point, but it's because they're not talking to you in your face, so you can't slap them. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're doing it, because they can be as much of a shit as they like and they're not going to get any repercussions for it. Mm. Whereas you are actually going out there and saying something that is important and needs to be said, and you're getting the shit for it, but it needs to be said. <laughs> People need to hear it. And, yeah, it's it's so important. It's so important to have your say. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, we've gone really serious again. We have gone really serious. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that's like way less serious than all of that? (laughs) Um, So many things. (laughs) Oh, good, Uh, because I've run out. (laughs) uh, Just a lot of Pokemon Go, really. I'm super tanned now, which is nice. (laughs) And I had my face mask on when I was walking around in Hyde Park yesterday. So I feel like... Like the the top of my nose up is, <laughs> is very that going to be the new farmer's tan? <laughs> That's going to be the new farmer's tan, yeah. Um, also, my arm hair has gone super ginger, so my husband loves that. He loves gingers. Uh, I, I love a good ginger. I love a good ginger. Well, yeah, in the right places. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I caught a shit ton of Porygon, and right at the end of the event, I caught. Uh, Whalmer, which had perfect stats, which, if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. But between <laughs> you and me, we know that's pretty impressive. So. That is pretty impressive. All of my Porygons were terrible. Yeah. Like like zero or one stars, just terrible, terrible Porygon. But I did manage to get all three Shinies that I needed. After yes. that first like hour and a half where I didn't get any and I was livid. Oh, yeah. no, or crossing my life. I was like, is this game going to make me go outside? <laughs> which I realise is the point of the game to begin with, but I wasn't in the mood for being outside because I was hungover. <laughs> and also lockdown. And also lockdown. Yeah. I don't I don't mind so much going out for walks. I just don't like going to enclosed spaces. Yeah. I've been to the pub like twice since um all the like well, some of the restrictions lifted. Yeah. And both times, the whole time it was like, Who's walking by me? It's like the guy from personal space in Rick and Morty. <laughs> it was like, Who's around me? Who's around me right now? Like just total <laughs> paranoia and fear of like, Who's that guy? Why is he near me? What? <laughs> just didn't really like it. <laughs> I've just been thinking about carrying like a water spray mm-hmm. that you use for like, for, dogs like and cats. cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just doing that at people. Just... In this weather, they might enjoy it, to be fair. Oh, yeah, that's a bit of a shit. But, yeah, uh, Porygon, that's fun. I didn't make any new friends, which was even more fun, because uh, <laughs> I just got to listen to podcasts all day, which was fantastic. Um, what are your favourite podcasts at the moment, other than this one, obviously? Obviously. <laughs> I mean, as if that needs to be said, because, you know, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour is an amazing podcast. See, that's that's you can clip that. Um <laughs> Uh, at the moment, I'm listening to a lot of Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast. I think they're on their sixth season now. 
each season is its own sort of contained story. And I'm loving this season just because one of the guys in it is a sex cultist. Mm-hmm. He's like a leader of a sex cult. <laughs> and um, one of his followers actually turns out to be a lot more competent than him, which is a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, let me think what else. Uh, Boston's Favourite Son is another podcast. Now, I wouldn't recommend this to everyone just because one of the hosts in it, Jim, he goes pretty far with how he wants to get uh, this guy John Holmes famous again. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Holmes used to be in an American uh, kids show called Road Rules. And it's Jim. Jim is determined to get him famous again. And some of his ideas usually involve him running around in the street with a nappy uh, covered in jam saying, feed me bees at very okay. high volume. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so twisted. I love it. And anytime I try and do that sort of twisted sense of humor with people, people just kind of look at me real strange. But <laughs> I feel really reassured listening to Boston's favorite son because they are so much more twisted than me. I love it. <laughs> you know, just, just getting him eaten by pigs. You know, that's fine. That'll get him famous. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, those are the two at the moment. I'm sure, oh God, I listen to so many podcasts, Stacey. Mm. Um, there's one called Stacey and Barry in the Morning, which I love as well. Oh yeah, uh, what's, what's, what's that like? What's the, what's the Stace on that like? Mm. Um, she's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barry kind of forgets to do research before the podcast sometimes. <laughs> And it's quite entertaining to hear how frustrated Stacey gets during the podcast. <laughs> he's just sort of, he's just saying, "Oh, it's all from my head, you know. I don't need to, I don't need to do notes. It's all from my head." Never mind that he's probably in his forties, fifties now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I love that podcast. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans, and yeah, if you're willing, I'm more than happy at the end of this one to leave a note for future states again, and it won't be as sycophantic as the previous one. Oh, I enjoyed note for future states. It was good. It's a good segment. I like it. In case people who are listening don't know, states likes to re-listen to things sometimes, and uh, yeah, Rich calls you a bit of a wally for doing so, and I think. <laughs> I think it's cute because it's just <laughs> you're admiring your work, and you, you know well, I do that sometimes with Instagram. I go through my artwork and just like, oh, that's yeah. nice. I, d- I mean, for me, it's not even so much about admiring the work, and this might mm. this might change your mind and make you think that I am being pathetic. Sometimes no. it's just because I want to hear my friends' voices. Because um, <laughs> I, I have a bit of an aversion. Weirdly enough, I have a bit of an aversion to telephones. I don't like yeah. to just like call people no. willy nilly because I feel like I'm demanding their attention. Yeah. And then if I run out of things to say, it's like, well, what did I demand their attention for? I've just, you know, bothered them. <laughs> Whereas, like, when I, at least when I record a podcast, I've got a list of things I want to say and I mm. can call them at a specific time and we yeah. know it's going to last X amount of hours. But sometimes, like, I mean, particularly during lockdown, actually, I've been listening to a lot of my old shows because it's just nice to hear my friends talking about fun things. Yeah. Because as much as, you know, as much as I'm guilty of this as well, like, obviously, the couple of friends that I have seen, a large portion of what we've talked about when we've seen each other is how shit we all feel in lockdown. (laughs) So it's quite quite nice to hear my friends talking about, like, you know, Batman's butt or... 
Daredevil's sexy-ass chin. Um, does have a sexy-ass chin. He does. He does. There's talks, isn't there, about bringing Daredevil back again, the TV show, with little old Charlie Cox, and I'm like, I'd take that, because he's a handsome man. <laughs> He's a very handsome man. And he looks like one of your friends as well, which I found a bit disconcerting when I met him. Did he? Which friend? Um, the one that looks a bit like Charlie Cox. <laughs> He's got curly hair naturally, but the first time I met him, he had straightened his hair. You, you might be thinking of Sarah's boyfriend, Jay. There you go. Yeah. 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 I don't think I'm allowed to say whether or not I think he's cute because he's my sister-in-law's partner. So, well, I'm a slag, so I'll just say he's cute. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just move swiftly along. <laughs> <sighs> well, yes. So, anyway, a note for future Stace. Hi, it's Mike, one of your friends. I haven't planned anything. Just know that I think you're swell, and all those other people that you listen to, they think you're swell. And yeah, uh, maybe have a sausage roll because I've got a craving for a sausage roll right now, and I feel like Greg's is closed. Yeah, so that's my that's my sentimental message for the future. Thank you. Yeah. You're probably somewhere in the future. There's a space that's just like, oh damn, no, I want a sausage roll. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just get cravings for them. I was walking around the other day doing Pokemon Go quite early, and I was just I saw a Greg's and I was had the sausage roll and it was like the best tasting sausage roll I ever had. <laughs> I must have been really hungry. I uh, I don't I, I, I find Greg's sausage rolls hit and miss. This isn't a food yeah. review podcast, but I'm no. gonna do it anyway. I'll do just it. do it anyway. Do um it. in the there are some and I like because I always assumed that Greg's stuff is literally just like it arrives at the shop and you put it in the oven there and that's what they mean by freshly prepared in store. They don't mean they actually are prepared in store. They just mean mm. they cook them that day. Yeah. So I'd assume that like a sausage roll should be a standard, like it should be good or shit everywhere that you go because it's the same ingredients and what have you. But there must be like different cooking processes or whatnot because there is one particular Greg's in Birmingham City Centre that serves the absolute greasiest, most disgusting sausage rolls that the bottoms are always burnt on because they're so like greasy and disgusting and they just burn and like, oh, they're foul. I don't know what they're doing (laughs) to get (laughs) this level of foul sausage roll. Oh, God, unrelated, but quick thing before we go. Yes. Um, because we forgot last time. Should we talk about Peter Spellos? I always love talking about Peter Spellos. What a, what a lovely dude. It's lovely, isn't he? He is. Oh, I just love that we, we both went to see him and he went off to go to Powdery Snows or something and uh, he left his phone, so we decided to take lots of selfies on his phone. We did. <laughs> we are those arseholes. We really are. I think surprise cute selfies are nice. They're like... Surprise messages for future stays. It's like, oh, look at this cute little memory that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? We are cute. We are cute. Yeah. I've got new glasses and they're extra cute. I'm sort of channeling a bit of a sort of almost Linda Belcher kind of look. <laughs> Ooh. Love. Oh, yeah. yeah. Picks, please, as soon as you can. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll send you. Well, given the fact that we both seem to have run out of things to say because we're talking about sausage rolls. Yeah. We should probably... <laughs> Probably wrap this up. <laughs> Probably wrap it up. Yeah, um, yeah. Otherwise, I'll start talking about flumps, and then we'll be here all day. Flood, uh, we might have a falling out. So I'm not a big fan of flumps. <gasps> I'm not a big okay, marshmallow kind of a girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. They're hit and miss for people, so yeah. I, I still love you, stuff. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> it made me so hungry. I'm so glad it's like almost dinner time. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you would like to plug? Social meds, uh, algorithms, data collection, anything? <laughs> um, you can find me in real life. Just give me a high five or pat my bum. That's nice. But online, mikedraws.co.uk. And that's got all my things there and doodles. So that's nice. That is nice. <laughs> It's different, it's unique, it's nice. Sorry, I've been watching Catherine Kim. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I didn't get that. Oh, I've been Sorry. watching The Fast Show. Just like a random addendum to the podcast we just ended. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it before, but there was like a Celebrating 25 Years of Fast Show like documentary on that Rich wanted to watch because he liked Fast Show. And now I can't stop shouting, where's me washboard then, at like everybody that I see. I've seen you wrapping presents when it's no one's birthday and everybody's looking at me like I'm a nutter. <laughs> Sorry, clearly you guys didn't watch that show either. It's very funny. I um yeah okay. We need a new show to watch, so yeah yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get on that. Well, Fast Show is good, but there are like it is of its time in the sense yeah. that like um so for example there are two characters that <laughs> I don't think they'd get away with doing now, which is the uh, they're called Fat Sweaty Cops, and it's like a cop show, but it's just two cops who just don't stop eating things and never like catch criminals because they're too busy just. <laughs> Like getting distracted by an ice cream van and that, which I find I find it quite funny, yeah. and I am I am also a fat, but I feel like that's the there's there's some of that stuff and maybe maybe is a bit like sort of yeah, you know if you're sensitive to like sort of fat jokes or stuff like that maybe, but mostly it's just silly, just yeah. irreverent silly. So yeah, I'd give it a whirl if you can get hold of it. Right, Farsha, good. Yeah, right. there you go on the list. It's got Paul Whitehouse in it, if that helps you sell you on it or not. I do like him. And I recommend Kath and Kim, the Australian one, not the American. I didn't know there were two two different ones. There you go, yeah. yeah. The things you learn. Indeed. Um, It is now officially too hot, so I am going to go. All right, my lovely. (laughs) It's been an absolute delight speaking to you, though, Michael. I miss you so much. I miss you so much, too. I want to pat your bum and give you a high five. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're allowed, even when we can see each other. (laughs) (laughs) Like, gloves on. Or we'll just fashion, like, a high-fiving device that's, like, a long stick with, like, a, I don't know, like a plush hand on the end. And we can high-five with that, maybe. (gasps) We can put a nut button at the end. Could put a note button at the end. Oh, where is it? Oh, there we go. <laughs> I wonder if we'd get through a whole episode without some sort of sound effect. Um, but I enjoyed it. I love a good note button. So, hey, thank you for being on the show. And listeners, thank you for listening to this <laughs> inane waffling. <laughs> we like uh, waffle. We do. Have a good rest of the September, everybody. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. 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 I don't know why I'm waving. (laughs) Well, I can see you, so... Go, and that's the main thing. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com, or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. 
thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>